Subtitle is made possible in part by a major grant from the National Endowment for the Humanities, exploring the human endeavor. Hands up who has a parent from another country. Okay, maybe not hands up if you're driving. This is what we have in common, many of us. We feel fake when we root for our parents' country. If my Irish dad and I watched any kind of sporting contest involving an Irish man or woman, that was who we rooted for, even Irish horses. But why feel fake? I am Irish. I have citizenship through my dad. I have a shed load of Irish relatives. The thing is, though, I've never lived in Ireland. I don't sound Irish, which is something the staff at my local Irish pub here in Cambridge, Massachusetts, like to remind me of. They call me English Patrick. I'm hardly an extreme case, but Veronica Zaragovia is. When the World Cup's on, there's only one team for me. Yep, I'd say that's better than any Irish soccer song. But, but Veronica, I imagine you support Colombia for, for more than that. Well, Patrick, I try to, but honestly, I feel self-conscious about it. Why? Because Colombians, when they hear how I speak Spanish, they just don't believe I'm one of them, which makes me kind of believe I'm not one of them. It kept happening when I was last in Colombia. I spent six months there. I was filing news reports. Here I am in a taxi, and the driver is saying he can't quite place my accent. Here's another taxi driver. He says, you're not from Bogota, are you? And this driver tells me I sound Central American. This is my Colombian friend, Sahai Perea. She's telling me I have a Mexican accent. <laughs> you seem to find that pretty funny. Yeah, what am I going to do, cry? And the situation was so ridiculous. Sahai tells me if she mentioned my name to any of her friends who met me, they'd say, oh, the Mexican? Why Mexican? Have, have you lived there? No, never have. It seems to be what a lot of Colombians think if you're a native Spanish speaker, but they just can't figure out where you come from. I love Mexico. I love Mexican culture. But I was born in Colombia. I have a Colombian passport and an ID card. I can even vote in Colombian elections. I have the right to call myself Colombian. At least I think so. From Quiet Juice and the Linguistic Society of America, this is Subtitle, a podcast about languages and the people who speak them. I'm Patrick Cox. Today, it's part two of our mini-series, We Speak. Last time, Kavita Pillay and I each tried to find out why we speak the way we do and how others react to it. Does our speech help us make friends, get jobs, get ahead in life? What does it tell us about who we are? Our story today is all about that last question who we are, what our speech reveals about that. Veronica Zaragovia, in English, tells us about her Spanish. When I was just a year old, my grandfather's brother was kidnapped. It was during Colombia's civil war. 
There were many kidnappings, especially by guerrilla groups, to finance their insurgency. Fearing for our safety, my family decided to move. We left Colombia and immigrated to the U.S., to Miami. Later, my great-uncle was freed, and he joined us there. It was 35 years before I returned to the country of my birth for a big reporting project, to a country that was still healing after decades of killing and suffering at the hands of insurgents, soldiers, and drug cartels. Going back, I had the Spanish, of course. I even had the Spanish words specific to Colombia. And the newer slang, I picked that up quickly. What was harder for me was to unlearn my way of speaking, the sing-songy way that everyone there thinks is Mexican. I had to be aware of how I was pronouncing each syllable, and of course, that made my speech sound unnatural. One night, at a party in Bogota, I met a woman called Carolina Gomez. She told me she was born in the same city as me, Cali, and that she was a Spanish teacher. By this point, I was so self-conscious of my accent that I blurted out to Carolina, I desperately wanted a Colombian accent. Everyone else in my paternal family has it. I wanted to speak with Colombian confidence, with the mannerisms, the expressions. Carolina was in. We agreed to meet for lessons. Hola! Hola! So I'm going to explain to you in English why I need your help. Okay, just go ahead. Okay, <laughs> so I have this experience of coming back to Colombia after having been gone for so long, pretty much my whole life, <laughs> and everybody is asking me if I'm from Mexico or Central oh, America. It's a shame. <laughs> it's a shame. <laughs> I love Mexico and Mexicans, but I want to be Colombian. Because you are. Because I am. <laughs> exactly. So this is where you come in to help me get back. How did you write it? You told me we can uh, Colombianizar mi hablar. Uh -huh. Exactly. This is... Like Colombianizar mi hablado. Colombianize my way of speaking. I was looking to relearn my accent. Growing up, I heard it around me from family and friends, but it was in Miami. Here, we were in the right place and the right context. Carolina got it. Helping people to recover their own stories. Those gaps in their lives that for me is like oh my god it's so good so carolina and i met for our lessons i'd read and carolina would correct my pronunciation sin embargo tomará nota para hacer los correctivos the words i speak are not my problem i use colombian words like carro for car mexican say coche Colombians say chaqueta for jacket, Mexicans say chamarra. I was going for the sound of Colombian Spanish. Listen to this. It's from a Vice and Español video. Bueno, mi rol en el concierto de Guns N' Roses era el de gerente. La Bogotá del 92, en el país que en ese entonces también estaba re violento. Re I gotta say, I just love how that sounds. It's so different from Mexican Spanish. Here's the Mexican actor Diego Luna. Y este, ojalá aceptemos vivir en un lugar 
donde entendamos que la participación es tener también una opinión, es poder To my ears, this is so different from Colombian Spanish because in Mexico, people pronounce syllables carefully. In Colombia, words are often shortened and sometimes the vowels are stretched out. I think in Mexico, the way of speaking is tighter. My family hasn't always lived in Colombia. My paternal grandfather was Jewish from Polish-occupied Lithuania. Living in extreme poverty, he left for the Americas, eventually landing in Colombia. His siblings moved too. They were destitute. And how fortunate, because that pushed them to get out before the Nazis invaded their homeland. Colombia gave them a new life. We had a really big family there. My father and his siblings were born in Colombia, as were my cousins, my sister, and me. The stories they told each other, and us, had Colombian settings, and they all spoke Colombian Spanish. That's why I longed to reconnect with the Spanish of Colombia. After the break, how Spanish is changing across the hemispheres and even within Veronica's family. I've just started listening to a new podcast that I want to recommend to you. It's called Resettled. And it's about what it's like to restart your life as a refugee in America. It's hosted by someone who knows all about that, Ahmed Bada. He's a former refugee himself from Iraq. Each episode focuses on a different aspect of the refugee experience. The moment of arrival, or graduating high school, or, and this is a good one for subtitle listeners, performing on stage in English, not your mother tongue. Listening to Resettled, it's like flipping the lens on America. All the absurd contradictions come into focus. And it's the refugees who are asking the questions. They seem like the sensible ones. They're humanized here, quite the counterweight to how they've been portrayed by some in the corridors of power, and they tell compelling stories. Subscribe to Resettled. It's really worth listening to. I recently found out that my mom, Stella Volosin, thinks about her own accent too. Yeah, I think it is partly trying to be understood more. My mom's telling me this on a park bench. We're keeping our social distance. The bench is outside of her apartment building in Miami. I've been back from my time in Colombia for years now. My mom's trying to reconnect with a place in her past too. For her, it's the Argentine capital, Buenos Aires, where she grew up. She married my Colombian dad when she was 25. She left Argentina and she left her accent behind too. And that one is totally different from most Spanish languages. In Colombia, you would say, do you speak Spanish as tú hablas español? And in Argentina, they'd say, vos hablas castellano? Recently, my mom has been talking more Argentine Spanish with expat friends in Miami. It sounds new to me. The Spanish she speaks with me is kind of Colombianized. She switches between her different Spanishes a lot these days. When your Spanish changes, is it like you feel 
does it help you feel more like part of that group as opposed because we've talked about how funny it sometimes is like if you'll get a phone call and it's me or or dad or somebody then your accent changes when you when you're in the company of Argentine friends and they notice do you think it helps to feel more part of that group that you're with I think so I think so yeah that's that it makes me feel uh, more part of that group but Really, really, uh, for all foreigners, and this goes further from just having an accent, uh, once you leave your country, the country you were born in, in the country where you grew up, um, you don't belong anywhere. You're just by yourself. I could not say I'm Argentinian, or I'm Colombian, or I'm American. I wish I could feel that I belong somewhere but I really don't. I could not name one country where I'm from. I'm a little bit part of all of those countries that I've lived in. Just before we all started staying at home because of the pandemic, I took my mom to an event at Florida International University. It was a series of lectures about language and identity called What is Latin X? I asked the event's organizer, Philip Carter, if I could chat a bit with him about this topic. He's a professor at the university who specializes in the various forms of Spanish language and culture among U.S. Latinos. Talking to him, I felt like this angst over the role my accent plays in my identity wasn't just in my head. Right, so that's like the notion of living on the hyphen, you know, the Cuban hyphen American, Mexican hyphen American, Venezuelan hyphen American, that it's neither here nor there. Of course, it is a place, it is a location. And so people are talking about um, the hyphenness of those identity formations. Philip tells me what he's been told by those with feet in two worlds. Like someone born in Venezuela who grew up in the U.S. So that when I, I, my parents take me home to Venezuela, I don't feel like I fit in, but I also don't feel, you know, whatever it means, however mainstream American is constructed, I'm also not that thing. Living between these worlds, many of us feel pride speaking Spanish. I certainly do. I love meeting someone who prefers to speak in Spanish over English. Or if I read a book by a Latin American or Spanish author, I'll definitely do it in Spanish. But others don't feel that way at all. I ask Philip about this. Spanish, he says, just makes some people feel sad or awkward. Sometimes people say, my mom yelled at me in that language. They made fun of me when I went to Colombia because I'd said lonchear instead of almorzar or whatever. They made fun of me. And people carry around a lot of emotional baggage and they may blame it on their parents or they may blame it on the imposition of having to be bicultural or bi bilingual or whatever. Thinking about this, I realize I never felt upset or embarrassed about speaking Spanish only because I had the great luck of growing up in and around Miami. Everybody speaks Spanish here. And if you don't, you're truly the outsider. So for you, speaking Spanish is like it's this link to a place that you may have otherwise forgotten or depending on what age you were when you came, it signifies something important to you for your identity. It's an important clutch. Whereas for other people, it's, I didn't ask for this. It's like a burden and everything in between. This is totally new to me. This idea of a burden, of the past being a burden, 
delivered through language. Until this conversation with Philip, the only burden I'd been feeling was not sounding Colombian enough. I called my friend and Colombian Spanish tutor, Carolina. I wanted to vent to her that after all of the lessons she gave me, after all this time, I still sound the same way. I ask her when I'm speaking to her now, does she think I could be Colombian? <laughs> or not really. No es colombiano, no es mexicano tampoco. Digamos, es eso que, que solo se habla en Miami. She says I sound like I have a Miami accent, a combination of all those accents from across Latin America that are so deeply rooted in the city now. Over time, because people stayed in Miami, a new accent is forming, or maybe a few new accents. I think that's what's going on with your accent, Carolina tells me. She says I do sometimes have a Colombian way of speaking. My sentence structure is Colombian, and certain expressions, I learned some new ones on a recent trip. But the tone, there's an undeniable influence, she says, of another place or two. I've always loved how Carolina speaks, but as we talk, I'm sensing that she's a little envious of my accent. It's like a song, she says to me. It's super cool, and it gets people asking, wondering about the journey of your accent, all those places you can hear in it. Okay, I may be on the verge of actually liking how I speak. If it tells a story that's rich in places and people, that sounds pretty okay to me. When I tell people I grew up in Miami, they think of the Deco buildings in Miami Beach. Sure, it's a beautiful place, but I've come to appreciate the greater beauty of Miami, the diversity of accents, people from all over Latin and South America, the diversity of stories, tragic, epic, comic stories. So many people in Miami, like me, yearn to stay connected to the countries they came from. But we're not in those places. We're here, and we're speaking our own brand of Spanish. It's the glory of Miami. In the space of a few minutes, you can hear Peruvian, Venezuelan, Argentine, and, of course, Cuban. I love this about Miami. I do. But still, I really want to speak the language of my dad's family, of my own birth. I'm still hoping that someday my Spanish will sound truly Colombian. Veronica Zaragovia. She's been living in Miami for the past few months, where she works at public radio station WLRM. Veronica was in Colombia with support from the Pulitzer Center. That's it for today. Next time, we'll have a story on the expectations that people have based on how someone looks. Shiko Theory is the American daughter of Kenyan parents. Some of her African-American friends think she talks white. Our sound designer is Tina Toby. We had editing help from Julia Barton. Thanks also to Jeremy Helton, Nina Porzuki, Joshua Dees, Bertie Barron, and Jenna Moniz. Subtitle is a proud member of the Hub & Spoke Audio Collective. 
Another Hub & Spoke podcast is Open Source, the world's first and still longest running podcast. I've been listening to host Christopher Lydon for a long time. I love the way he surprises and challenges his guests. You'll hear that in recent episodes about reparations or the American lifespan or Yo-Yo Ma's intimate relationship with the music of Bach. Check out Open Source and all of the Hub & Spoke shows at hubspokeaudio.org. Thanks for listening to Subtitle. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Subtitle is made possible in part by a major grant from the National Endowment for the Humanities, exploring the human endeavor. Hub and Spoke. Audio Collective.